the juice podcast cody mitchell connor holiday here week one of bowl season connor is complete and there has been absolutely no stopping the off season of college football in 2022 it's been insane you've been keeping me up to date i want you to keep all our followers up to date but this stuff doesn't quit no the fuck it doesn't especially with like the time period of like seasons ending coaching hires a transfer portal and then you add in that Wednesday was the early signing period, so you had all these recruits making their commitments and probably going to be on campuses in the next couple of weeks. Fucking Nico is already practicing with Tennessee, which I, I'm like praying. I don't know if he can actually play, but if I Nico got much. into the bowl game, it would be hilarious in my opinion, but I don't think he can. But, I mean, yeah, there's the the news does not stop in college football, and I don't know when it will stop. I mean, the, the dead period is probably going to be the summer, but also in the summer you have all the uh, colleges hosting their camps and everything like that. So you have uh, kids in the next class that will be committing during that time period. So, yeah, yeah, it never stops. Never stops. I will tell you right now. And this is kind of why it's a little off topic, but it kind of on top at the same time is like some of these older coaches like Nick Saban, like why they don't, they won't stick around forever. It would be absolute hell now to coach college football and college basketball. Like you have to do your normal recruiting. Now you have to re-recruit your own players that you've already recruited to your program. You have to recruit transfers now. Now yeah, you now you have people. I mean, most, most programs that are doing this the right way are, basically hiring somebody to do all that work for you and then the coach has yeah, the final all the say. people with nil to pay the people <laughs> yeah but also guys to figure out who we should be paying to you say that but then at the same time when it comes to the early signing period to end it to end wednesday still at the top is fucking bama yeah i mean we say all this stuff is he losing it Blah, 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 and he still keeps producing number one class after number one class. You also have Kamari McLean, the number, I'm pretty sure he's the number two prospect in the nation and the number one corner who was supposed to sign with Miami early on Wednesday but chose not to, and now we're hearing rumblings of Colorado. We're hearing rumblings of Georgia. We're hearing rumblings of Alabama. If like Alabama is able to add Kamari McLean, they're gonna come close to the number one like in all time history. This class is absolutely insane. Numerous five stars everywhere. I mean, when it comes to that, he just doesn't stop. Um so now I'll just hit on some of the news that has been happening recently. Starting off in literally no particular order, just kind of how I've written news down. Uh, 
Originally, this was there was a crystal ball out there for Devin Leary to Kentucky is now official. Devin Leary to Kentucky. I think for Kentucky's sake, this is a very good move in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the best quarterback they've had in God knows how long. I mean, he, there's obviously the raw traits that uh, Will Levis does have, but I think from a quarterback standpoint, I think make I think Leary is yeah not not like not NFL great. talent like draft prospect talent wise yeah. but like college collegiate quarterback you're taking Devin Leary every single time over Will Levis. Uh, another piece of news: uh, Nick Evers transferring from to Wisconsin from Oklahoma. He was the top eighty prospect in 2022 and the number seven QB. A little bit different than what Wisconsin's had at QB, so very excited to see what he could potentially do there. Yeah, when I saw the top, like a former top eighty guy, and in like Wisconsin, like it takes me a second still to like click like Wisconsin. You question it, and like, oh yeah, Luke Fickle. Yeah, exactly. Like this isn't the Wisconsin. This isn't your you grandpa's Wisconsin. Change your judgment about the about Wisconsin, and it's gonna be weird, and you know it's gonna be weird. Like week one next year, and you're watching Wisconsin, they like pass three downs in a row, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Uh, another piece of news, Zach Arnett has been named the head coach of Mississippi state. Like I said, I'm all over the board when I'm just going in order with this stuff. I think this is a great hire for Mississippi state. Arnett is one of the best young DCs in the nation. And from what everybody's saying, he's going to keep like with the Mike Leach system, for the offense. So I think this is a great hire for Mississippi state and like to try I know it's such very weird circumstances, but mm-hmm. to like kinda keep the train going. Yeah, obviously whatever everything that happened was super unfortunate. Just from a football perspective though, I think it's also the right decision here too, because like for one, I'm gonna say right now, this guy's gonna have a very, very short leash. Like you're gonna you get this guy in here, it's not gonna be like he's got three or four years of turn like you don't have to The contract is I think for three years. Yeah, like Basically, if after something so tragic like that, if you hire some outside person, the whole team was leaving. Yeah, everybody was leaving. You hire somebody in house in the program, everybody sticks around. But again, you're probably not going to have the longest leash. And we wish them, especially I know you do. We love Mississippi State. Yeah, I love I'm, the brand. I'm of football. praying that this works for them. Football is also better. I think it's like one of those low key teams. That football is better when they're like you know fighting. Stark Vegas. Yeah. Eight wins, nine wins, that kind of stuff. All right, back to the transfer portal. Haynes King to Georgia Tech. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't, I don't we, know what to say. we already like discussed it, like in text. Like, uh, ew, I don't really know. I mean, obviously hoping for the best, but I don't really know. But. Uh, I guess he's a smart kid. He got into Georgia Tech. Yeah, that's basically all I can say. I. Not a giant fan of him, but also, he was a highly a decent recruit. Kind of interested to see what he can do outside of having Jimbo Fisher like the leash on him. Yeah, yeah, very interested to see how that could potentially go. Sticking with Georgia Tech, their former quarterback Jeff Sims going to Nebraska. Again, this was like one of those meh. Like the- he's got the tools and the talent. Just is he gonna get it together? And I mean, I I don't. Matt I don't. Rule is one with some pretty bad quarterbacks too, though. Too. 
like guys you never really thought were going to be really good. The the thing with me more when I say ooh is not is like they're just from imagining them in in the like Georgia Tech and Texas A and M uniforms to their new ones. This doesn't. I can't yeah, it see doesn't. It, it doesn't fit. feel right. Yeah, it doesn't fit. Like but... Jeff Sims in that <coughs> in the Nebraska uniform just doesn't look right. Yeah, I get it. But again, Matt Rule like he's going to be a draw. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's been doing work there at Nebraska already, so very interested to see what he's able to pull out. Uh, Drew Pine transferring to Arizona State. I was honestly surprised he was able to stay in the power, like in the power five. But I mean, I don't think he was as bad as people really think. I mean, outside of Mayer, who the hell did he have really to throw to? It's a fair point. It's just a, everything looked. Like, I and I like. I think with like Dillingham being such an offensive guy, and probably be, like maybe at least on, at the wide receiver position, probably like a little bit more talented mm-hmm. wide receivers. I don't know. Maybe a little bit more speed. Maybe I, it can work. But also, I think there's going to be a QB battle because the freshman was very solid this year. Unless did he hit the portal? I can't fucking remember. So many people. Have been there hit. will be guys we miss. There yes. always is. It's in basketball too. It happens all the freaking time. Uh, just in like uh, recruiting news, pretty big flip. Dante Moore flipped from Oregon to UCLA. Now Oregon still had a phenomenal uh, signing day, but this was kind of a big loss. Number three quarterback in the nation from Detroit I think he he's one of my favorite like I love Nico and I love Dante I'm very interested to see what Chip Kelly can do with him so what do do we really know what like the reason behind it was because Bo Nix is back and he wants to start next year I don't. I don't really know because obviously with recruiting we don't ever really find. I'm out. sure you're gonna get. To I know. A- I know for him, one of the big things that he said was that being part of the Big Ten, being from Detroit, was big for him. Because I mean, think about how That's perfect. So fucking weird. Like he wants but, to go but, to LA. When I put it out like this. Think about it. With him being in the at UCLA and being in the Big Ten. He's probably going to have four games that are very near to him. No, I get it, what you're saying. And then his family, when it gets cold in like December, can just go to Los Angeles and live there for like a month. True. It's just the saying it out loud that a kid from Detroit is going to go to UCLA so he can go play closer to home is like just weirdly comes off your tongue. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but... I mean, very, very. Because I mean, I guess if he was in the Pac-12, outside of non-con, the farthest east he's going is Colorado. Mm-hmm. I do believe. Yeah, it would be Colorado. Yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah, yeah. so it makes sense. It's just saying it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, and I know that UCLA also got the Kent State quarterback. His name's fucking escaping me, but that was also a solid get for them. But I think there's going to be a real QB battle. Because, I mean, I don't think Dante's going to give up that battle no. very fucking I used much. to think, too, with a lot of these transfers, especially with quarterbacks, because there's only one guy who can start on the field, is if they're transferring to a school, they know what they're getting. And, like, I found that out very quickly. That's not the case. Mm-mm. Just because you get you transfer somewhere does not mean you're getting the job. Nope. 
All right, next piece of news. But John Robinson has announced he won't be playing in the bowl game, and he's going pro. Shocker. I think he's a solid first-round pick. I know, like, the... The, everybody says like, "Oh, don't take a running back in the first round." I think he's. I'd have to like really think, but I think he's one of the better running backs that we've had come out, and especially if he goes in the first round, I think he's better than most of the running backs that have came out and gone in the first round. I think he's better than Najee. I think he's better. Th- I think he's potentially better than Etn. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm like an NFL team, like I'm not drafting a running back in like the top 16. I think he's definitely better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, but like from like 18 to 32 in the first round, like I had no problem with that. Taking a running back there. Bengals. There you go. Well, <laughs> draft him. If you're making the mock, you're getting him and you're getting Deuce Vaughn and you're getting three wide Fuck receivers. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Build that offense. Let nobody stop us. All right, next piece of news. Travis Hunter entered the portal, told everybody to subscribe to his YouTube page. When he got to 100K or 100,000 subscribers, he was going to announce where he was going. And in shocker of all, he goes to Colorado. And also Shadur and Dion's other sons have both committed to Colorado. Kind of as expected. Yeah, I mean, there actually was... Some Georgia smoke. Yeah, I'm sure they were about to drop the bag. Yeah. I mean, I I obviously, like, for Colorado, there wasn't really much work that Dion could do in, like, recruiting. I think where, uh, where I think he's going to win the offseason is in that portal. It's going to be hard right now to get recruits in a two-week span to flip a commitment to Colorado right now. He's going to have to do work in the portal, and I think that's where you truly judge Colorado on this offseason. But, I mean, he's already got Shadur, Travis, and his other son, so I think I think he's on the right path. It's just how many of those transfer portal kids end up going Colorado. Mm. Uh, next one, Bo Nix has announced he will be back. We already kind of talked about that, but I, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm. Fell off from Bo Nix at Auburn, but like he brought me right back at Oregon. I'm just going to keep rolling with the uh, Oregon news. Obviously, they got the giant five-star, uh, Mateo Uyangale. There was Peyton Bowen that uh, had committed on signing day to uh, Oregon. But as of today, he's since flipped that commitment to Oregon. But just back to what... Oregon also, they got a Johnny Cornelius, the Rhode Island uh, transfer tackle who I was very high on. I was also very high on Mateo Uyangale, obviously, DJ's younger brother. I was really hoping that Ohio State could get both those guys, but with Oregon getting them, I... I think this Oregon team can make a real push for the Pac-12 championship next year. I mean, they were right there this year. Just a couple bad breaks there. And honestly, like, you see, like, I know a lot of people beat around the bush when it comes to NIL money getting thrown around. We try on this podcast to not beat around the bush. It is what it is. I hate people that try to, like, 
act like it's not happening or like hint at this happening with this amount of money. We're just going to come out and say it. I think with like Dante Moore flipping his commitment kind of opened up some NIL money with Bo Nix coming back for them to throw at some players to really build up this roster. Cause I think like Phil Knight wants a championship in Oregon. Yeah. And we I bo- we've talked that. about it that he's that he's worth what? $40 billion. $40 billion with a B. Yeah. I mean, this is the closest that he can come to like owning a team. And this is his own school. I feel like Nike's going to really start dipping into NIL. Well, Phil Knight is going to start dipping into the NIL movement a lot more because Oregon was getting recruit after recruit. They were somebody who, a team that really, despite the flip of Dante Moore, really won the recruiting day. So, I mean, a lot of movement going on in Oregon, and they're going to be a tough get this year. And honestly, to piggyback off that, I think you're going to get more and more NIL from Knight like sooner rather than later. Like mm-hmm. he'll be 85 in February. Like yeah. he was going to want one of these soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jane Daniels has announced that he will be back for another season at LSU. I think that's solid. He was pretty Dude, good. I I shouldn't say that, but I'm sorry. I fell in love with I can't the guy's name's escaping me. Nuss Meyer. He fell in love with him in that, in that <laughs> SEC title game. Just I get it. I get it. <laughs> but, I mean. <laughs> it's very much one of those things, though, that if they started him against, like, a top 25 team, he can go out and throw four picks. Exactly. Just that style of play, I don't know, is sustainable, especially in the SEC. You just love it. You love a quarterback it was with, like, all the confidence yeah. in the world. He's one of those guys you loved. James Winston, you love to watch him. Terrified as he's your quarterback. Yes. All right, next piece of news. Graham Mertz to Florida. <laughs> that's literally that's it. All. That's the statement. That's I mean, I don't know what to fucking think. Like maybe because he's gonna have better athletes that he had at Wisconsin, maybe he could be better. But like I know, I know your boy Jack didn't look that great in the bowl game, but he was still a four star recruit, correct? Like yeah, and he honestly dropped in the recruiting rankings because uh, I think his senior year he ended up tearing his ACL something like he had some sort of injury that kind of dropped him in the rankings but yeah he was a highly coveted uh recruit out of Arizona all I'm saying is Mertz struggled in the Big Ten West like I Valid. I don't I mean I get your point too though like maybe he need, just needed players around and better athletes but again it's also the Big Ten West yeah and honestly his best game was the first game he's ever played and then it's been downhill from there it literally has never gotten higher. I'm going to be interested to see what happens, who wins that job. Quarterback battles all over the nation. All right, last piece of news. Eric Gilbert is in the portal. Who? Eric Gilbert. You should know this name. Stud tight end from LSU transferred to Ooh, o- Georgia. I, I, I Both times I heard Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert? The old SMU quarterback. Oh, God. And I no, was just like, Eric. What? Okay, yes, Eric I know Gilbert. you're talking about. Yeah, he's in the portal. This will be his third school. Uber talented tight end. But, yeah, he's leaving Georgia to go somewhere new. God only knows where he ends up. God only knows if he plays. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, but I mean, the kid's been everywhere. We know how talented he is. He had one season, and literally, he was already in mock drafts to go in like first, second round. The talent, like, people know the talent there. We just have not really seen it much. Mm. All right. So, basically, wrapping up all of the news and notes, I mean, like we were saying, it's just, it's unless not something else stuff. breaks on, breaking news hits my phone. Wouldn't phone. shock me. Wouldn't shock so, me. Either. Let's kind of recap what's happened so far this bowl season. All right, so first bowl game we had was UAB 24, Miami of Ohio 20. It's honestly a great game in the Bahamas that it really came down to a play on the two-yard line to secure the win for UAB. The Bahamas Bowl always kind of delivers on that first bowl game like craziness, and this had a lot of craziness. A little bit, little bit different with Dwayne not playing, but still, still, so it was great. a great way to end the game to start off bowl season too. Yeah, uh, Troy eighteen, UTSA twelve. Uh, UTSA ended up jumping out to a twelve nothing lead in the second quarter, and then Troy scored eighteen unanswered. That Troy defense all season has been so legit. It was kind of a dumb move on our part to bet against it. Ended up getting forcing five turnovers. From a pretty veteran Ver- UTSA team, too. Yeah, UTSA still looking for that first ever bowl win. Uh, in the Fenway Bowl, we had Louisville 24, Cincy 7. Cincy really couldn't do much offensively. That one touchdown was one of the flukiest touchdowns. Evan Prater making... An insane play on an insane throw that I thought was going to be picked off. But, yeah, since he really couldn't do anything. No, that was Louisville's game start to finish. Yeah, kind of the trend with a lot of those games on uh, Saturday. Uh, Oregon State, 30. Florida, 3. Utter ass-kicking. Utter domination by Oregon State. Ten wins for the Oregon State Beavers. And, like, they were 14th in the nation. Like, they, what a phenomenal season for Oregon State. Especially, like, we doubted them, but also it was because of their schedule. And I'm pretty sure if you look at their losses. Ten-win season with beating your rival mm. and beating an SEC team in a bowl game. That is a phenomenal season by Oregon State. If they could figure, if they could get a lot of these players to come back and figure out the quarterback position, they could be a very very like good team in the Pac-12 still. Yeah, that I mean they're doing all this universally with no contribution from the quarterback no matter Absolutely who they've been throwing in there. So fucking ever. And I mean they could have easily beat USC early in the season in that ugly Yeah, the 17-14 game. Yeah, lose, lost to Utah, and I believe it was Washington was the other one. Like, they were in all of their games. Like, this. Yeah, that's why we start when we started talking about it. Like, they were definitely one of those tier two teams in the Pac 12 that could fuck around and screw somebody's season up, and they did it to their fucking rival. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when we did the over unders, we both ended up going over, but it was no confidence because, again, we were like, Kept stressing how much we love this Oregon State team. It was just that schedule was fucking brutal. Especially what was it to begin with? Boise, Fresno and Boise, Boise State, Montana State, USC, Utah. Yeah, like we saw, we I'm, saw at the best three and two, which was the best for them. 
Obviously, you can't do can't win the Pac-12 games, but in two three games that like could have been upsets. Obviously, Boise State I mean, you play, had yeah, you Bachmeyer have... at the quarterback. Maybe that game's a little bit different with Taylor Green. Hayner gets hurt in that Fresno State game, and Montana State was just completely outmatched. But I mean, we just saw are... more of a scenario where like it could the wheels could have fell off. Yeah. Like and, starting off but so they bad. They had a great season. Very, very surprising team this season. Uh kind of tough game for me. Uh Fresno State twenty nine, Wazoo six. Uh Wazoo simply just struggled on offense. Was not a good game for me. Kudos to Fresno State though for basically turning your old season. I out. went 0 and three in that game if you want to include my money line play. Well, that'll <laughs> happen. That's bowl season. It happens. All right. And what was a phenomenal game, more from just one player, Southern Miss 38, Rice 24. The Frank Gore Jr. legacy game. 21 carries, 329 yards, an average per carry of 15.7, two touchdowns. He was also 2 of 3 for throwing for 19 yards and one touchdown. I would say that's a very good day. I know he said he's coming back to Southern Miss, but, man, I would love to see him hit the portal and see where the hell he could end up at. But sticking at Southern Miss. All right. BYU 24, SMU 23. Obviously, Jaron didn't play, but it was still a phenomenal game. And it ended on uh, SMU failed two-point conversion. I was really hoping that they would just kick the extra point, go to overtime, and get more points for the over. But it is what it is. Still a great game. Yeah, I was glad to see BYU cap off the end of the season after it kind of fell off for a minute. Yeah. Able to regain it at the end. Yeah, even without your starting quarterback. Uh Boise State, 35, North Texas, 32. I did not think that North Texas was going to be up for this game, but goddamn were they. Yeah, I was exactly. What a great game. My exact words, I was like, I thought this was going to be an ass-kicking. And honestly, um, for Boise State's, for their side, well, like I know you fell short in the Mountain West game, but considering how this started, that you did not look good, Bachmeyer hits the portal. You switch over to Taylor Green, and now you found your quarterback of the future. Great way to end the season with a bowl win, just especially after how this season started. Uh, Eastern Michigan, 41. San Jose State, 27. Domination by Eastern Michigan. And I'm pretty sure San Jose State jumped out to, like, double-digit lead, and then it was just, like, Eastern Michigan could do whatever the hell they yeah, wanted. Yeah, it was 13-nothing at one point. And then blink of an eye 33 to 13. All right, and the next one Toledo 21, Liberty 19. Just a very defensive battle. Great play to try to tie the game up with the double pass by Liberty, score the touchdown, but getting but Toledo's defense gets the two-point stop. Still very, very good game. And then last night we had Western Kentucky 44, South Alabama 23. I mean, honestly, watching that game, Western Kentucky on offense could do whatever they wanted. Their wide receivers were open all the time. Austin Reed was phenomenal. Again, he even hit the gritty. One of the wide receivers hit the Michael Jackson in the end zone. It was just 
complete and utter domination by Western Kentucky. Yeah, I, I was kind of pulling for South Alabama there. I wanted to see an 11-win season, but unfortunately that one fell short. All right, best time of the show. Let's get into the picks here. Tonight, 7.30 kick, Baylor Air Force. Air Force, or Baylor's three-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under set at 43. Connor. Been on this team all year. I'm not giving up yet. Give me Air Force plus three-and-a-half. Yeah, I like the I like the hook there with the three and a half. I don't know if they win this game outright, but I also think it's going to be close. And then, like we've talked about, the triple option in the game seems like it's over before you blink your eyes. And I think Air Force can just run the ball enough, and it seems like they can move the ball and about anybody. So yeah, I don't know if they're going to win here. I maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line, but going to take the points of the Air Force. Louisiana Lafayette, Houston, Friday. Is it Friday? Yeah. Friday, 3 p.m. kick. Houston, seven-point favorites over under set at 56.5. Connor. So, I really did not know what to pick in this game, but also I just can't can't get away from a trend that I was betting kind of all season. And that's just Houston over, so I'm taking the over 56.5. I just think that... I just, I just think there's points. I'm hoping. I like when it comes to these bowl games, it it gets so hard, people. It really does. You don't know really what to expect. It's kind of a crapshoot, but I just think there could be points. Houston's been so good to the overs. I, just, I, I was more worried about Lafayette being able to score, so I'm gonna do the same kind of concept here, but I'm gonna take the Houston points here. Thirty two and a half team total over. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. All you need is seven touchdowns. That's why. I like. Or no, I mean five touchdowns. I'm an idiot. I'm struggling too. Yeah, that's that's so bad. You're such a dude. We are the worst math podcast when it comes to gambling. Yeah. Also Friday, six thirty kick. Wake Forest, Mizzou. I actually really like this game. Wake Forest minus two over under set at fifty eight and a half. So it's going This is gonna feel weird, but I'm on the under for this game. It's weird to say I'm on an under with a Wake Forest team. But I just I don't really trust Mizzou's offense. If there's one thing that I do trust with Mizzou, it is their defense. They've been able to like shut down some pretty good offenses. So I just think that this is the complete opposite of what we think a game with Wake Forest is. I think this is just an ugly, low-scoring game. I'm on the under 58 or yeah, 58 and a half. I'm going to take Missouri here with the points and take plus two. I don't Like I it. said, I think it's going to be gross. Like you said, I think it's going to be gross and I think it's going to be ugly. And Missouri's been playing their best football towards the end of the season. It seems like they were always going to lose. If, they, if they're going to win the game or lose by seven to about anybody. Yeah. And this isn't the Wake Forest team that was ranked like top 15 at one point. No. Wheels a little fell off there a little bit. Yeah. Is there three games Saturday? Did I miss one? Or Friday? Did I miss one? No. It, no. It goes to Saturday? Okay. Yeah. Middle Tennessee State, San Diego State. San Diego State, six and a half point favorites. Over under oh, set at 48 and a half. All right. Um, so, if you haven't really paid attention, the CUSA has not looked that good this year. Especially in these bowl games. I'm pretty sure they're one in three, one in four, maybe. So just on that, I'm taking San Diego State minus six and a half. I grabbed it at seven. I didn't realize it dropped. 
But it's so tough it, it, when you see a conference not do that well and kind of get their asses handed to them a little bit in these bowl games. I just, I just think San Diego State finds a way to win this by more than a touchdown. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Both seven and five. I'm also prepared to be completely wrong about these. Yeah, they're both. <laughs> I love, I love that. I'm being, I'm trying to be honest. These, it's, it's, it's also bowl season. You also have to factor in other things too that have nothing to do with football. Yeah, it's like it's all about vibes, sort of like who's going to be up for this game, who's not, blah 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 blah. I just think San Diego State's definitely the way more battle-tested team here, and I'm willing to take the six and a half too. I think the seven. I think it's at least a touchdown game here. Okay, I might be missing some here. I'm on. I'm trying to use action, and I think there's next other, one's that, there's only one Saturday. Okay, so I'm not wrong. Well, yeah, because Saturday is absolutely oh, dominated by the NFL, and now. it's Christmas Eve. I. Wasn't yep. even thinking. But thankful I'm so happy that we have NFL games on Saturday because normally the Hawaii Bowl is the only thing that happens on Christmas Eve. It has literally for the longest time just been the only sporting event. So the fact that we have the NFL playing on Saturday, like I'm so thankful for Can we go on a little tangent real quick? Something what? that drives me crazy. Do you ever get in Twitter fights with people where just like look at me like, dude, no. The people that argue that Christmas Day bat NBA is better than Thanksgiving football. Oh fuck! It's not even close. No, no, dude. I love basketball. There's three NFL games on Christmas Day. I'm gonna be paying a hell of a lot more yeah. attention to those. Granted, I will probably have like an NBA Christmas Day parlay, but I'm gonna be paying more attention to the NFL. I'm sorry, it is what it is. And on Thanksgiving, football and Thanksgiving go together like turducken. I think I'm gonna say like cocaine and waffles, hookers and cocaine. Yeah, either way. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, and I'm a basketball guy, and I still think the thing is the NBA regular season's practically meaningless. Yeah, the Cavs and, are the Cavs playing on Christmas? No, so I'm not paying not? attention. I don't think so. Okay. I don't, either way, I don't though, even know who the fuck's playing on. Christmas. It's also the NFL is also. And uh, honestly, the, way, the NFL games are kind terrible. of shit. It's terrible. They but look, guess what? We're gonna pay attention. Yes. To the board. If you would have, if you would have asked me that when that schedule came out, the NFL was like I Christmas got, Day. They were like, we nailed Christmas Day. Yeah, because I and think. And then we t- here we go. I think I I'm pretty sure if I look it up, there's a tweet out there. Yeah. So it's Green Bay, Miami. That could still be a solid game. Broncos versus Rams. Yeah, the ultimate dumpster. And then Bucks versus Cardinals. Yeah. Gross. But I'm going to watch them. Yes. Every second of them. Yes. All right. Monday. New Mexico State versus Bowling Green. Bowling Green's three and a half point favorites. Over, under is set at, I lost the number. Son 48 and a half. 48 and a half. Um, so I just gave yeah, away. Yeah, it's 48 and a half. I gave away my pick right there. Uh, give me the over 48 and a half. I just, I don't know. When it comes to like schools like this, I have no fucking idea. I just see a low number and I'm like, eh, we could see some fireworks potentially. You, ne- you never fucking know. And honestly, the way like New Mexico State look against Valparaiso, I understand Valparaiso is Valparaiso. Well, I mean, right before that, too, beating the piss out of Liberty. Valid. So I think that there could be a lot of points. That's why I'm taking the underdogs here. I like taking underdogs in bowl games. It seems like they stick around, too. I'm not taking them on the money line, but I will take definitely take the three and a half in New Mexico State. 
Tuesday, Georgia Southern, Buffalo. Buffalo, oh, no, got that wrong. Georgia Southern, three and a half point favorites, over under set at 66 and a half, Connor. God damn it, dropped, but thankfully I got a better number. I took the under 67. I just. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I just, just think I just think this is like a little bit of an inflated number because of what Georgia Southern is on offense. This Buffalo defense is a very, very solid team. I think they're going to be able to contain Georgia Southern. And I'm pretty sure the quarterback for Buffalo ended up hitting the portal. So God only knows who's starting at quarterback there. So. I'm just under, I think that number is just too high. Yeah, I am kind of going to agree with you, but I'm going to kind of do what I did last time too. I'm going to take Georgia Southern under points, 35 and a half. Don't hate it. So just give me five touchdowns. You stop. You can stop right there. Like you said, I like Buffalo's defense. Also Tuesday, Memphis, Utah State, Memphis, seven and a half point favorites, over under set at 60 and a half. So. Don't know what the fuck to expect in this one. So, back to what I always bet. Give me the over 16 and a half. Memphis, Memphis has been a solid over team this season. I, and, I mean, whenever it comes to betting, and this is the problem whenever we bet, have bet against, bet for Utah State, it's blown back in our face. So, I'm keeping away from the number and just bet in the points. Nope. Last game of the year. Give me one more shot to fade them. Give oh, me me, give me the Tigers and the points. Minus oh, seven and a half. Oh, God. Coastal Carolina, Eastern Carolina. Battle of the Carolinas here. ECU, seven and a half point favorites. Over under set at 62 and a half, Connor. So, love Coastal. I think they've been a fun team for the last couple years. I think it's going to start. They're going to start fading a little bit. But without McCall, it's hard to take Coastal. So I'm just taking ECU minus the 7.5. Yep, I'm laying it too. Also, Coastal has been atrocious against the spread this year, and ECU has been somewhat competent. And, I mean, the, like we, I know we talked about it at the beginning of the season. This is a solid ECU team. Like We were on NC State all season. We thought that NC State was going to cover that. And ECU should have beaten them. They beat a pretty good BYU team. They've been a very solid team this season. I just think that Coastal's going to be a little bit outmatched. Yep, I'm going to buy the half. I'm going to get it down to seven, though. Last game on Tuesday, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. Wisconsin's three-and-a-half-point favorites over under set at 43. Who the fuck is going to start at quarterback for both of these teams? I have no clue. I don't know much about him. You know a little bit more about recruiting than no me, f- but I don't know I these have guys. No fucking idea. And that is why oh, did I beat you to it. I'll let you do it. And that is why we're betting the under. Yeah, I'm taking the under too. Under forty three. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, like I don't know what to expect. This is one of those scenarios though that scares me is that you don't know what you're expecting at either quarterback position, and it could just completely blow up in our face. But I just think it's gonna be an ugly fucking game. Defensive battle, 17 to 14. That's kind of what I'm hoping for, too, and I think so. All right, that's the rest of the bowl games. We'll be back Tuesday with the Wednesday picks and basically run up to. Oh, yeah, we'll have to do our. CFP, well, right? 
Or might have one more week. So, well, yeah, no, we'll have our Tuesday episode and then Thursday episode. What day of the week do are we? Uh, we're idiots, I swear to God. Oh my God. Because what day of the week is New Year's? No, your New Year's Day is on a Sunday, so it will be that Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So Thursday we'll have will be the Tuesday picks. to get. We'll cover all the bolt because there's nine games that are happening now. We'll cover those. Give us give our our picks for Wednesday and Thursday. Have an episode that comes out Thursday night, and that will be basically be CFP and New Year Six Bowl. Dude, I'm actually legitimately excited. I'm the only thing is, is it's. It's that Saturday, my bad, not Sunday. New Year's Day is the first, is the Sunday. I'll be watching that somewhere in somewhere in Maryland because I'm going to the Commanders game that time. So oh, yeah, have the, fun with that. One of the hotel room. I, I will have very much fun. It's just if the stadium wasn't completely disgusting. Yeah. And I'll pray a pipe doesn't bust. And I mean. And, like, playoff implications. It's a must win for Washington. I know, but, like, it's kind of cool because I'm, a, as a Commanders fan, like, to be, I've only been a FedEx once to kind of surround yourself with others Commanders fans because here in Ohio, you might run into one. Yeah. That's basically about it. Mark. But only my brother. It's literally oh, yeah. about it. But we're out of here. Hope everybody has a merry, merry Christmas. Um, send us something. Please. We need gifts. Tell your tell your friends like to listen. Something. Yep. Something. All right. We're out of here. Peace.